Friends, grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Back when I was in seminary, I was on one of my many fitness kicks. Becoming better in shape is a lifelong struggle for me. And I stumbled upon an advertisement in a magazine that there was an AIDS benefit marathon in Dublin, Ireland. I have about two drops of Irish blood in me, but an Irish surname, and I thought, I've always wanted to go to Ireland, and why can't I run a marathon? And so for one glorious night, some seminary friends and I dreamed that we would go and run a marathon. Now, if you know anything about me, you know how insane that sounds. This does not run. I hate running. The idea of running terrifies me. Over Thanksgiving break, we had some friends in town from college. They were here for three days, and for three days, my friend from college got up early in the morning, and you remember how cold it was over Thanksgiving? And he ran like 10 miles because he said, I just don't feel right if I don't run every day. And I thought, oh my goodness, we are different people. I don't run. And yet, the truth is, I run all the time. And my guess is, so do you. And so I was struck this week by these words from the prophet Habakkuk, in which the prophet tells the people to write the vision. Write it big and bold in huge handwriting on giant stones so that a runner might see it. Write it big enough that those who are running and running and running and can't be bothered to stop can't help but notice that God is up to something yet. That a runner might read it, see it, and maybe stop. And it made me ponder all the different ways in which we run. So I spent a little time this week brainstorming all the different ways in which we run. Some of us are running away from something, from a broken past, something we'd love to just leave behind. Many are running toward something, hoping to achieve something, hoping to get ahead, running to catch up to those who are already before us, running because somebody told us we have to, running because if we stopped, we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves, running because it feels good, running out of fear, running for a purpose. Running to catch up with the one that got away. 
running to try and save a loved one from falling, to catch them before they sink even deeper into whatever it is they're falling into. My guess is that many of you know what it is to run. Running for that next promotion. Running to save up enough to someday maybe retire, and then, then I can rest. When I finally have enough to let me sit down and stop running. Today we have entered into the season of Advent. Second only to the season of Lent, it is my favorite season of the church here. And yet it has always seemed like a cruel joke of the church. That the season of Advent is this time that calls us to wait, to watch, to stop, to be patient during the time of the year in which we are all running. Running towards finals week and all the grading that happens afterward for those of you who are teachers. Running as those who sell and buy to try and meet all of our purchasing goals, to meet all of our expectations of our bosses and so forth by the end of the year, running to finish out the year well in whatever way that looks like, running to get all the decorations up, to buy all the presents, to make sure that all the Christmas gatherings are as hopeful and happy as they can possibly be, running to band concerts and choir concerts and dance recitals and everything else. And yet in this most busy time of the year, the church calls us to wait, to stop, to be patient. Good luck with that. And so... Thanks be to God, the church sends us prophets. Prophets who call us to wait and to watch. And who remind us that something good is happening. That God has a a promised future in mind. Despite all our running to make that future our own. Prophets like Habakkuk. Habakkuk lived at the same time as the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, as you heard last week from the other much better preacher of this congregation, Vicar Marissa, Jeremiah lived during the time leading up to the exile. Jeremiah and Habakkuk knew what it was to live in utter fear, knew what it was for a foreign empire to be breathing down their necks. They'd already seen their northern cousins fall to the Assyrians, and now the Babylonians were coming, and there was no hope, no hope at all, that they would survive the coming storm. And it is into that terrifying time that Habakkuk and Jeremiah preached and spoke and and called the people to attentiveness, to, 
to watching out for what God might still yet do. But it was hard because the world sucked. It was terrifying. And so Habakkuk begins with this age-old lament, How long, O Lord? How long will I cry out violence and yet there is still violence? How long will I cry out injustice and yet there is no justice? How long, O Lord, until peace and justice will reign in our hearts and in our world? How long? How long, how long, how long, and yet, and yet, and yet. And in the midst of such a, a terrifying and difficult world, it is easy to be lulled into the sense that if we just keep our feet moving, we can make it better. Or at the very least, ignore what's happening. But into that terrifying time and in response to that heartfelt lament, God simply says, wait and watch. For there is yet a vision for the appointed time. God has not forgotten you or given up on you yet. There is a vision. It speaks of the end and it does not lie. For God is trustworthy and true. If it seems to tarry, wait. Don't just keep moving your feet because it feels right. Just wait. For God is up to something still. My favorite teacher in high school was my junior high school American history teacher. And being responsible for teaching us the whole breadth and depth of American history, we went through all the good, the bad, and the ugly of our country's past. And she was a big fan of a famous speech by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that sometimes colloquially is referred to as the How Long, O Lord speech. In which over and over and over, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. repeats, How long, not long. And so, all throughout the year, whenever we encountered a different period of time in our nation's history, when things looked bad, when it looked like we wouldn't win our independence, how long? Not long. When we compromised and called our black brothers and sisters three-fifths of a human being, how long? Not long. When our Native American brothers and sisters were marched off their land, forced to walk and to die as they were cordoned off in small reservations. How long? Not long. As people of color struggled for the right to vote, a right that continues to be suppressed in Wisconsin, among other places. How long? Not long. Harvey Milk assassinated the LGBTQ movement, struggling to get off the ground as people struggle to know that their love might be honored by their neighbors. How long? Not long. Each and every period of history, we kept repeating this refrain. 
How long? How long indeed? But that speech, that sermon by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., it ends with one of his most famous quotes. How long? Not long. For we believe that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. That indeed God has an appointed vision. God has not given up on us yet. So whatever it is that you're running for, running toward or running away from, God has a vision yet. And it speaks the truth. It does not lie. For God is trustworthy and true. Or as Paul writes in the great letter to the Philippians, the one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. God has got this. And so we wait. And we watch and we trust that God knows what God is doing and that the future is held in God's gracious, just, peaceful, and merciful hands. In the meantime, we cast the vision, we write it plain and simple so that even those who can't stop running can't help but notice. And if you like to run for some reason, don't worry. You will. For as the prophet preaches, yet I will hope in the Lord. And yet I will rejoice. And the Lord will make my feet like the hooves of a deer who prances upon the mountaintops. We will run. We will run freely and joyfully when God has done what God has promised to do. For there is yet a vision for the appointed time. It does not lie. For God is trustworthy and true. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Amen.